Good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to our midweek podcast for Mavilla Presbyterian Church. We trust that you're all keeping safe and well uh, through uh, these strange days. Uh, this is a recording for Tuesday, the 6th of October, 2020. And in our episode this evening, we're going to continue looking at the book of Nehemiah. Uh, as we recognise the strangeness of the days that we're living in, we see here in this book that idea of God's people looking to rebuild again, to rebuild uh, physically uh, the city of Jerusalem, but also to rebuild their lives in trust in the Lord. Uh, we're going to be looking at this book in a, a little bit more depth uh, in a moment or two. But firstly, uh, as uh, you, many of you know, we are uh, back in our church building for worship on Sunday mornings. Uh, and just a little announcement, if you are planning to come along for the first time, uh, then please do let Brian know before five o'clock on Friday evening. Uh, this just helps us get organised for seating uh, in the church building for Sunday morning. Also, let me flag up that for our young people who belong to BB and GB, uh, this Thursday evening uh, at six o'clock, uh, there will be a new uh, video for the young people on our YouTube channel as well. Uh, we are unable uh, to meet in person to have face-to-face -face activities for the BB&GB at this time. And um, so as a, a little substitute, uh, there will be videos coming on each week on Thursday evenings at 6pm. Uh, and uh, please keep in touch with them, all of our young people and the parents. Uh, there is a little worksheet that goes along with each of the videos that will uh, be uh, delivered as well. Uh, and thanks to all the leaders who will be taking part in those videos too. As we come uh, to uh, uh, worship God this evening, let us come to him in prayer firstly. And as we do that, I want to read these words from Psalm 127, which tell us this. Unless the Lord builds the house, its builders labour in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen stand guard in vain. As we uh, look uh, to uh, trust in God through the strangeness of these days, as we look to uh, come out of lockdown to uh, re-establish what we were doing beforehand, we look to commit our plans to the Lord. For all the plans that we may have, they all fall in vain unless they are of the Lord. Let us come before him now in prayer. Heavenly Father, we recognise all so often, Lord, your majesty and your power. And we thank you, Lord, that we may know of your goodness and love to each one of us through these days. Lord, we recognise that you are the one who is that constant that we need in life. We thank you, Lord, that in you we know the one who knows all things, the one who we can trust in throughout every day. And Lord, we ask this day that we may stay close to you. Lord, we recognise all so often it is too easy, Lord, to look to other things for our hope in life. And Lord, we ask this evening for your forgiveness for those times in which our eyes are taken away from you. 
in which we look to other things, Lord, uh, to build our lives upon. And Lord, we ask that we uh, look to you this evening for our hope and our trust. Lord, that in Jesus, Lord, that we may see that is where all great foundations of life may start. And Lord, we commit one another before you this evening in all the situations that we may face, in all the difficulties that these days bring upon us. We look uh, to uh, commit one another before you. Lord, in all the plans that we may have for our lives, Lord, we asked your, uh, asked of your confidence and your hope in all that we may do. Lord, we give you thanks that you are the ever-present God. You are the one who we can hope in through all things. And Lord, we pray uh, for your gracious and loving hand upon each one of us in all that we may do. Lord, we ask this now in Jesus' loving name. Amen. In a moment or two, uh, we're going to look uh, at the, the first 10 verses of the book of Nehemiah in chapter 2. But before we do so, we're going to praise God with an item of praise entitled, You Lead Through the Wilderness. This item of praise taken from Resound Worship. grace for trials and tests the Holy Spirit shows the way and in our weakness teaches us to pray we'll worship in the wilderness the dry and thirsty land we won't survive by bread selfish ways to trust in you and learn to give for when we die to self we'll truly live we'll worship in the wilderness the dry and thirsty land we won't survive by bread alone by your word and guided by your hand. You join us in our brokenness and comfort us in our distress. For you're the hope of all who mourn. You lead us to your resurrection door. Worship in the wilderness, the dry and thirsty land. We won't survive. 
come to God's word Uh, and the the passage that we're going to be looking at tonight is from the book of Nehemiah chapter 2 and we're going to read verses 1 to 10. Let us read the word of God together. In the month of Nisan in the 20th year of the king Xerxes when wine was brought for him I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been saddened in his presence before So the king asked me, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, may the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it you want? And then I prayed to the God of heaven and answered the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favour in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah, where my ancestors are buried, so I can rebuild it. Then the king said, with the queen sitting beside him, Ask me how long your journey will take, and when will you get back? It pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. I also said to him, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of Trans-Euthyrpes so that I will provide, uh, they will provide me safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. And may I have a letter to Asaph, the keeper of the royal park, so he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel by the temple and for the city wall and for the residence I will occupy. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my requests. So I went to the governors of Transutherpes and gave them the king's letters. The king had also sent army officers and cavalry with me. When Salabath the Horite and Torbath the Amorite official heard about this, they were very much disturbed. Uh, that someone had come to promote the welfare of the Israelites. Here ends the reading of God's word. A couple of weeks ago, um, we uh, finished looking uh, at the chapter 1 of Nehemiah, and right in that last verse, uh, we've seen the context of where Nehemiah was. He was a cupbearer to the Persian king, a pagan king from a foreign country. And here we see that as he hears uh, the context of where Jerusalem is, he uh, looks to come uh, to God in prayer. He looks to fast and to wait on what uh, he may be able to do for God's people. And here 
uh, in this passage, we see the answer to God's prayer through it. And as we think about these verses, let us come to God now in prayer ourselves. Heavenly Father, we recognize that you are the all-present God, the one who, who knows all things. And Lord, as we look to our lives at this time and the things that are happening in it, Lord, we pray that we may have that same character as Nehemiah and looking to commit all things to you. And we ask this now in your loving name. Amen. So in Nehemiah 2, we see this man, uh, the cupbearer to the Persian king, waiting and watching for just the right moment to put his plan into action. He knows that he has to act soon, but he must not act too late either. He must strike while the iron is hot. He must seize the right moment. And from the the chapter 1 to chapter 2, we see well over a hundred days came and went as Nehemiah waited for the best moments. We see this for verse 1, we see uh, um, uh, a month being transcribed and then also in chapter 2, it moves on to four months' time in the, the month of Nisan. And here uh, we see that Nehemiah looks to act. We see here uh, that Nehemiah was uh, both praying and fasting before the Lord until he waited patiently for that right opportunity. Waiting time was not wasted time. Quiet reflection may have provided Nehemiah with a fresh thought about how to present his case. And why did he wait four months before bringing his problem to the king? Certainly Nehemiah would have had many opportunities to stand before the king's presence during that time. Yet he waited. Why? Nehemiah does not tell us the reason for the delay. But it's safe to say that Nehemiah, as a man of prayer, was waiting for the Lord to reveal to him the right time to act. Nehemiah was waiting uh, for the iron to become hot, uh, to for God's own timing. And perhaps the new year was the time for such celebration. Nehemiah realised that the festival, fest, this festival was the ideal opportunity to, pre- to present his appeal before the king. Here, after this delay, the king expressed surprise when the cupbearer was looking utterly miserable. It would have been on a day when everybody else was rejoicing. Nehemiah provided uh, abundant sufficiency for uh, God's grace upon this time. He awaited for weeks and then the moment had arrived, he was looking uh, at the face of his bewildered king. The praying months had prepared him for these crucial moments. He trusted God and in that moment the courage came. He told the king that it was no longer possible for him to hide his grief before him. And in these days, the only way to change the government was through assassination. And just think of Nehemiah's position. One of the most common methods of assassinating a king was by poisoning his food and drink. So Nehemiah, not just a a waiter to the king or a cupbearer, 
but he was also like a security to the king. He had a dangerous job and he could only keep his job in his life by maintaining a a reputation of absolute integrity. Every time the king took a sip of wine, he was betting his life on Nehemiah's trustworthiness. If the king had any reason to doubt the emotional state of his cupbearer, if the king suspected Nehemiah of being uneasy because he was involved in an assassination plot, and Nehemiah might well have lost his head. Again, Nehemiah comes before God in prayer as um, the king questions Nehemiah's state. Here, Nehemiah brings a prayer before the God of heaven before opening up to the king. Nehemiah lifted his heart to God. Now he must open his mouth to the king. Ever since he had heard of Jerusalem's troubles, Nehemiah had waited waited to help and was eager to offer his best. Nehemiah made the request to the king. And Nehemiah at this point shows that he had spent a great deal of time thinking and praying about what he should say in this moment of crisis and of opportunity. Because he had given so much time to thinking uh, and planning, he knew exactly how to describe the city's need. Answering the king's question, he uh, looked to plan uh, a journey and obtain the necessary resources in order to help rebuild um, Jerusalem's fortunes. Nehemiah understood where his king uh, was thinking He knew uh, what was important to this Persian king. So when he answered, he said, The city where my ancestors were buried lies in ruins, and its gates have been destroyed by fire. He targeted his message on the king's own interests, tapping into the king's sympathies and presenting his case before the in the best possible light. And here we see uh, that uh, for no reason other than it was a great answer to prayer from the God of heaven that Nehemiah's own request was granted. For Nehemiah had given considerable thought and study to the question of how to persuade this Persian king to aid him in his case. Nehemiah's example, we learn uh, how to rebuild our broken lives. We need to think seriously about how to accomplish this goal, to take time with God in quiet reflection. The king alone could not help uh, with what Nehemiah was planning to do, but with God of heaven's gracious hand upon him, we see that this pagan king could help Nehemiah with protection and provision in the resources that he needed. The long caravan route was particularly dangerous and he would anticipate a a military escort. Nehemiah testifies to the goodness of God in answering his prayers, guiding his mind and directing his speech and meeting his own uh, needs. God's servant had convinced that the only God could have brought such a dramatic change in the king's mind. And when the first Babylonian exiles were settling back in Jerusalem, they were depressed about their limited resources. 
But here we see in another uh, prophet of this time, Zechariah, he had urged them not to despise the day of small things. In Zechariah 4, it tells us, The word of the Lord came to the hands of Zerubbabel, uh, who have laid the foundation of this temple. His hands will also complete it. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who despises the day of small things? Men will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. And here, Nehemiah would fall in uh, to this great promise as well. When Nehemiah went to Jerusalem with the full authority of the throne of Persia behind him, there's a, there is a clear uh, parallel to our own lives. If we want to rebuild our lives, we need the full authority of the God of heaven behind us. We see here that God uh, looks uh, to be that foundation to our lives. As we look to commit our plans to him, we see that God will bless what we do all in Jesus' name as we make him that foundation to our lives. Nehemiah arrived in Judah with that full military escort representing the power and the might of the throne of Persia. But there was something more greater behind him, the hand of God of heaven, recognising that in all that Nehemiah had planned, he first brought it before the God of heaven. As we look to recognise what God is doing in our days, recognising that all things will not be wasted in him. We may not be able to do the things that we wanted to do at this time. We may feel frustrated that things are not going as quickly as we first want them to. But as we take time to come before the God in prayer as we wait on his timing, we recognise that nothing will be wasted. That we may see that opportunity to rebuild broken lives. We may see that opportunity uh, to follow our God through these days. And when the opportunity comes to get back to a sense of normality and what we know uh, that uh, we have had before, we may see a real sense of God's hand upon us in order to rebuild broken lives, in order to further his kingdom through all things. Here, as Nehemiah takes that journey, we see here he is met by two people in Jerusalem that will bring opposition before him. But we also see a great and mighty hand behind him looking uh, to put these plans in place. They may seem small at this time, but we also see that God will bring his promises to fruition. What great confidence we may have as we see these hands upon Nehemiah. We see that this is the same God that will work through our lives this day. We see the great promises of Jesus through all things. Let us come to this God and to give him thanks for all that he does. In Jesus' name, amen. 
With this in mind, let us listen to another item of praise uh, taken again from Resigned Worship entitled All My Plans. All of my plans, all of my pride, the work of my hands, the shame I can't hide, it falls before your throne. Hopes that I hold, fears I can't shake. Lies I've been told, chains I can't break, it falls before your throne. I lay it down, I lay it down, all of my To blaze, thundering voice, calling my name, Jesus, my joy, I fall before your throne, and I lay.
as we take time to close this evening, as we always do at the end of our midweek meetings, we want to take some time in prayer for one another. We, Many in our church family have been through very difficult days over these last weeks, and we want to continue to commit one another uh, to prayer. As we do that, let me read these words from 2 Corinthians. Paul's letter uh, to this church in much uh, difficulties, he says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. We can only bring a sense of God's comfort and peace when we know it ourselves. And as we come to this God, let us commit one another to our God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we recognise many who are dealing with much hardships through these days. We recognise, Lord, the difficulties and the confusion uh, that uh, the times that we are living in is bringing. But we recognise you as the God of all compassion and comfort and we thank you for this. We thank you that you are the God who is present through all of these circumstances. And we long to bring those who are hurting before you. To recognise that in you there is that stability in life. There is that comfort and compassion that each of us need. Lord, we lift up to you those who are hurting at this time. Lord, we pray for those uh, who have been bereaved over these last weeks. Asking, Lord, that they may know of your comfort and grace through these days. Heavenly Father, we ask that they may know of you, that, uh, you as the God who journeys with them through these dark days, through the struggles that they will face. For Lord, we recognise that in all things, your rich presence is something that we long for in all that we may face. Lord, we lift up to you those who are going through uncertainty, particularly those who are facing ill health at this time. We continue to pray, Lord, that they may get the care that they need, that they may know, Lord, of you as the one who is directing and guiding them each day. Lord, we pray that they may know of your gracious and loving hand upon them. And Lord, equally, we want to pray for those, Lord, who are facing uncertainty through uh, their uh, their work lives and their family lives. We continue to pray, Lord, that they may know of your hand upon them in all that they do, that you may give direction and guidance and you may bring peace to their circumstances. Lord, we want to continue to lift up to you those who are working in our education system at this time, we pray for all of our teachers and for those who are making decisions uh, about uh, young people's education. We pray for our young people through these days, Lord, asking, Lord, that they may know of your protection and your uh, peace among them, Lord. 
Lord, we want to lift up to you our authorities at this time, for those who are making big decisions about what will be happening over these next weeks and months ahead. Lord, give them a sense of clarity about what to do. Give them a sense of wisdom, Lord, and how to treat others and how, Lord, uh, to get on top of this situation that they face. And Lord, we pray that in all these things we may look to commit one another before you, that we may commit our own lives to you, the God of all compassion and comfort. Help us know, Lord, of your loving hand upon us in all that we may do. And Lord, we ask these things now in the great and in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us finish together with these words of benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with each one of us now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening, everyone, and God bless.